Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Do's and don'ts for your salary cap drafts next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers here on the Friday, August 19th episode with Dan Schneier. We're here to give you some advice for your salary cap drafts. You might know them as auction drafts. We call them salary cap drafts. The point is, whatever you call it, it's the best way to build whatever lineup you want to build. It gives you the most flexibility. It's the most fun way to draft. If you're not doing a salary cap draft for your league, why not? It takes a little longer. That's the only downside. But it's way more fun than a snake draft. I'm all about it. Dan's all about it. So we're going to walk through just some questions, some strategy about how to go about building a team in a salary cap draft. And we'll start off with what kind of team should that be? You know, in a snake draft, you're kind of limited in terms of what kind of roster you've got. You've got a first round pick. You've got a second round pick. So does everyone else in your league. Salary cap draft, if you want to spend 95 of your $100 on two players, you're totally free to do that. That's called a stars and scrubs approach. Dan, what kind of approach should you go with? Are you a stars and scrubs guy or do you want to save your money for kind of building a more balanced roster? I have a big hybrid form, format for this or high, hybrid strategy, I should say. So it's not full stars and scrubs, but what I like to do is buy three core players. And then after mm -hmm. that, you've spent a lot of your budget, but you still give yourself the opportunity in that middle range where the, I would say middle to late range where there's really just truly great value. Like for example, last year, Cooper cup going for 10 bucks, Deontay Johnson going for nine, the receivers always fall. You can always get great value. You still give yourself an opportunity to build out a team with a lot of value. You're not filling your entire lineup with all your stars or like almost every position with your stars. You get three core players and then you do the, and then for the rest of your budget, you pick apart the value later. Yeah, I went with the uh, stars and scrubs approach in the most recent salary cap draft we did, which you can find on CBSSports.com. I had Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. They made up about, it was about $75 worth of my budget, which actually isn't a bad uh, price for, you know, three of my top six running backs. But yeah, you end up having to make some sacrifices at the back end of the roster and you have to pass up some value. So you know, there's there's definitely a, a give and take to there. When it comes to each position, do you have kind of a set amount of money you're looking to spend? Are you, you know, 40% on your running backs, 30% on your wide receiver, something like that? Or what what how do you approach that part of it? So I think it can be specific to the drafters. My specific strategy is to allocate most of the percentage of my budget to wide receiver and tight end. I am looking for one of the elite tight ends. That would be Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. For me, it cuts off at Kyle Pitts. I'm not big on Kittle or Waller this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to get one of those three plus use most of my budget at receivers. This is just how I like to build out teams in PPR. I'm a big believer in this is how you win. And I usually like to allocate very little of my budget towards quarterback and one quarterback leagues. Now, Chris has done a great job. You've done a great job, Chris, of breaking down why you kind 
kind of need one of those top quarterbacks. But at the same time, it's getting a little wider, that gap. There are really 12, 13, maybe you like. And in that case, in a one-quarterback league, if you're going for the 12th or 13th or 11th quarterback, you're not going to pay that much. It's just the nature mm-hmm. of the business. Nobody's going to spend that much on a backup quarterback in these formats, in the salary cap formats. So really a lot of my budget is going to a wide receiver and tight end. The rest towards running back and then very little towards kicker, quarterback, and, and defense. Yeah, just for some context there in that salary cap draft we did last week, Josh Allen was 11, Justin Herbert was 8, Patrick Mahomes was $7. No other quarterback went more than 5, including Tom Brady for a dollar, Joe Burrow for a dollar, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, there's not going to be any shortage of reliable options, you know, if you want to wait at quarterback, and especially if, you know, someone like Tom Brady doesn't get nominated until late. He might be a $5 player who goes for a dollar just because people won't have money left. So that's something to keep in mind as well. All right. When nominating, here's an interesting one. Do you nominate players you want or are you trying to get the guys you don't want out of there so other people spend money? Nomination strategy is incredibly important. I'm happy you asked this. I'm always nominating players I do not want. Now, there are other additions to this. Sometimes I will nominate a player I like as a sleeper early mm-hmm. in the draft because I know people, uh, it, it's just based on people are waiting for kind of the price to be set within that range of receiver and they don't kind of know. But also at the same time, one thing in addition to nominating players you want other people to bid on, if you do spend, let's say you buy Josh Allen, for example, or this is not a good example because nobody spends on quarterbacks. Let's say you buy a top tier receiver and you have no intention of spending in that tier of receiver now i'm going to be throwing out all of the next tier of that receiver if i buy justin jefferson i'm throwing out cooper cup i'm throwing out jamar chase mm-hmm. i want to get money spent at the position that not only i've already spent that but i'm not going to spend that again yeah an example of what you mentioned as far as trying to sink some sleepers through i ended up getting uh romeo dubes du- through for a dollar i got chris olave for two dollars and, Ro- and robert woods for three in that one yep. Those were all guys that I put out there early because I like them as sleepers and I thought I'd be able to get them for pretty cheap. Trick is, if there's a guy you really want and he's a sleeper, don't throw him out for a dollar because someone else is going to bid and then you got to go three. Throw him out for two because that can scare people off. Sometimes people don't want to go for three. You can save yourself a couple bucks. All right, that's going to do it for FFT and five. If you got questions of your own, by the way, you've got a chance to win a Zoom call with Dan or myself or the rest of our FFT experts through our FFT Draft-a-thon that's coming up later in the month. The link to our St. Jude donation page is in the podcast description, or if you're watching on YouTube, QR code right above Dan's shoulder. It took him a couple of tries to get the right <laughs> uh, the right part, but he got it. Uh, so yeah, you can use that QR code, bid on pre-draft calls with our experts, a spot in the FFT Podcast League, although you're gonna have to, you have to spend up for that spot in the Podcast League. People want that one guest spot on fantasy football today and more so we'll see you next time on fantasy football today in five